potty yet today. Uh, and so we have something for him, so don't leave. Okay. All right. Uh, so we've been talking about being kingdom-minded. We don't have a lot of time today. I know a lot has been said, but let's just do what we can for right now, and then we'll pick up where we leave off next week. Uh, and so we've been talking about uh, renewing our mind to God's word, which is thinking God's thoughts. His word is his thoughts written down so you and I can take them as our own, his word. And so we've been talking about that. And we saw in Romans 12, verse 2, which says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. Uh, we've also identified some of the areas in our life where a renewed mind is the only way to live in the flow of these things, in the full flow, forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, uh, condemnation we talked about. And last week, we talked about the love of God <laughs> and how we have got to renew our mind to it because it's different than what the world's love looks like. And so today, I just want to talk a little bit about how a renewed mind assists us in our usefulness to God. We can be useful to him. If you've missed any of the messages, you can go uh, on our you know, social media platforms or our website or iTunes podcast, and you can listen to it there. Uh, the reason we've been talking about this is, can you bring up that vision slide, Ivan? Uh, we are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. To live aligned to God's Word is to do what God's Word says to do and have what God's Word says we can have. That's what living aligned, bottom line. Do what it says, have what it says, I'll have. And so this means, that's what this means. And this is how we as a church carry out our full assignment or our mission, which is to mentor individuals into the image of Jesus Christ, which speaks of discipleship. That's what that is. That's discipleship. Mentoring individuals into the image of Jesus Christ, strengthening families, and impacting communities. This is all discipleship. This is all doing the Great Commission and, and, and in various ways. And so the way we do that is doing what God's Word says, having what God's Word says we can have so we can impact others, so I can disciple someone. It's not just the pastor that has discipleship as their commandment from Jesus. He didn't say, okay, all pastors take one step forward. Go ye and make disciples. No, he said to everybody who was listening and put it in the word and said, go ye and make disciples. It's for everybody. It's everybody's assignment. We're all called to do that. And so not just a few leaders in the church or a select few. We're all called to that. To anyone who calls uh, Father's House Family Church your church, that vision is your vision. That's, that's, that's what you're called to do. And so if we don't renew our mind to God's word daily, we won't know what his word says. And uh, if we don't know what it says, we'll lack the faith and confidence to ask and receive what he said. 
And we got to do this every day because the mind doesn't stay re stayed renewed. It doesn't stay. If we were in heaven, we'd have no problem. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if we don't renew our mind, the devil will have no problem keeping us in the mental arena, which the mental arena is out of the realm of the spirit and it is out of the faith arena. If he can keep us in the mental arena, he'll whip us every time. He can't get in the realm of the spirit. He cannot stay in that realm of faith. So he will have you preoccupied in this mental arena so he can keep you there and out of the realm of faith and, and the arena of faith. And if you're not in the arena of faith, you're not receiving from God. What happens when you don't receive from God for a while? You quit. You quit. And so that's what he attempts to do. Uh, questioning, reasoning, uh, and fearing, searching, not understanding, and not receiving. Uh, and so now we, we may be saved and going to heaven, even if, if we're in that position, uh, but we'll live a defeated life here on this earth without the full flow of the Holy Spirit and his power, without the full flow of faith, you know, authority, understanding, righteousness, peace, joy, hallelujah, healing, prosperity, wisdom, and every other good thing that the Lord has provided and offered for his children. Uh, if we choose to live this way, living for God will become hard. If living for God is hard, it's because we are living in the mental arena most of the time. We've not moved into the arena of faith because living for God is not hard. You're going to have difficulty, but it is not hard. Uh, and so because you are not powerless, you understand, if you live in the arena of faith, you are tapping into the full flow of that power of God that's on the inside of you. So you're not powerless. And so uh, just as we start to get ahead, this kind of life in the mental arena, something will happen and set us behind. And it's frustrating. I've been there. Because it's, it's always something. It's exhausting. It's always something. Uh, in fact, if we don't make a course correction... Uh, in that area, we become a burden to someone instead of a blessing. And that's not our vision. That's not our vision. The life of a child of God should be a blessed life. It should be that we're a blessing to everyone around us. Amen. Amen. And so um, then all of a sudden we get into crisis mode. And crisis mode is not part of the life that God authored for you and I, his children. What is crisis mode? Crisis mode is a state of mind when you no longer can think clear thoughts. You can no longer be proactive. You're running around like a chicken with their head cut off, right? We use that analogy, but have you ever seen a chicken with their head cut off? Google it, or, or maybe not. And so, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you no longer think clearly. You're running from one fire, putting this fire out, another fire. Everything catches you off guard. Uh, your anxiety level and stress level is up to here. And then if you just keep going with that, then it starts to affect your physical body. It starts to show up in your physical body. That's crisis mode. God did not author that life for you and I as his children. That's not what he planned out 
uh, for us. In uh, Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, You, God, saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God is a good father, and he cares about us. One of my mentors calls God the grand overall designer, G-O-D. <laughs> He's the grand overall designer. And his plan for us is so elaborate. And every detail of our life is accounted for. Even the supply we need to get through this life, it's accounted for. And so... Uh, Everything that we need to fulfill the plan, he's already written and already established for us. God is not pleased when his children live below the life that he designed. And some ask, well, then why doesn't he help? He has. He's already done it. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, Jesus said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and to destroy. Listen, that's kind of what we talked about. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. But that, that's, that isolation and all that, that's, I think that's why we went in that direction. But listen, the devil has no power, but he has a plan. He doesn't have power, but he has a plan. And you're part of his plan. Do you understand? If you are a born-again, spirit-filled believer... He has a plan for you because he wants to shut you up and sideline you. He has a plan and he doesn't have power, but he is a great strategizer. And the it tells us in the word of God, don't be ignorant of his strategies. Don't be ignorant of his strategies. Parents, you have children. It's going to get harder and harder in this world, and, and you're going to have to know what you're going to keep your children separated from. And, you know, our kids don't like that. The natural person doesn't like to be separated from what it looks like fun. But the world gets darker and darker, and what they participate in, a child of God should not, because it will lead to destruction, right? And so when that happens, we have to, this, you got to start this when they're young, though. you got to start and take the word of God out and say, not just say, you're not doing that. And they say, well, why? Because I said so. No. Sit down and tell them, here's some things that we won't participate in, and here's why. And then have them tell you why. Why do you think it's not good that you participate in that, even though Johnny, your best friend, their parents don't care? Why do you think it is? Then you tell them it's because you know how God wants good things for us. I want you to live a good life. This is going to mess you up if you do this. Let me tell you how it will mess you up. If it happened to you, you use you as an example. Sometimes we don't like to tell our kids the things we did wrong. We think, no, hold it against me. Oh, well, you did it. You know, I did it, right? So tell your kids. But tell them we're going to stand on the word of God because here's what happens. Uh, even you can do all that and you sit down and you talk to them and they, there's something they want to go to someplace and you're like, oh no, I know what happens there. They, the body doesn't want to be restrained. Do you understand? Our body doesn't want to. We don't want rules. I don't want 
want people telling me what to do. Don't tell me what I need. I'll eat what I want. You know what I mean? Don't tell me how many times to go to the gym. You know, we just don't like what time I got to get up in the morning. We don't like that, but we, we discipline. The more we grow, right, we discipline. But your kids don't like that. So what happens? When that opportunity comes, what happened to me? The devil will put in their mind, they just don't want you to have fun. And he'll make sure you get connected with people that are all into that activity, and they'll show you how to sneak out of the house. <laughs> they'll, show you, they'll show you how to do all that stuff. Here, this is what you do. And then they start, the devil just starts putting your child in that position. So you got to have conversations, and you got to sit right now. This is down the road. This is coming, but here's how we're going to respond to this. Because I'll, and, and tell your kid, anytime the devil gets, is telling you something, you come talk to me about it. I'll help you through it. I'll help you through it. Because that's how the devil works. He wants to get us. He, he, the only thing he cares about, he has a mission, and his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can shut you up, make you sit down, and don't tell anybody about God, don't let him see his goodness in your life, he wants to steal every blessing that God has provided to you. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. No power, but he has a plan. And we are not ignorant of his plan. And Ephesians 6 tells us to stand against the plans and strategies of the devil. We have tools to do that. We have tools. And so, but he says, but I come. Jesus has come. That, I, that they may have and enjoy life. That's the mission he gave me for my own life, my personal life. It goes in line with our vision of the church. But my mission in life is to have and enjoy the abundant life that Jesus provided for me and to inspire others to do the same. That's my mission. That's what he's given me to do. That's why I do the classes and things on leadership and that kind of stuff that I do. That's why, because I just want you to have and enjoy life. Amen. I'm still a work in progress having and enjoying life. And the more I receive, the more I want others to have and enjoy it. Amen. That's why I want to be prosperous, so I can help others enjoy life. I want to send people on vacation. I want to pay off people's houses. I want to fund the gospel so they can have and enjoy the life that God authored for them. I'm tired of kids not being able to tell the parents, we're not able to afford that, or we can't do that. And they see all their friends going and doing all these marvelous things, and they feel like, I'm missing out because my parents are Christians and we're poor. That's, that's a horrible testimony to our kids. And they, they will stray when it's tough. And so we want everything. We want to live aligned to the word of God. Do what it says and have what it says so we can be the best for him. A good example to others around us. Hallelujah. The kind of life that God planned for us. Hallelujah. I'm not saying, you understand, I'm not saying we won't have difficulties. I'm saying that difficulties won't have us, <laughs> and it won't be the norm. Crisis mode won't be a part of our lives. We won't constantly live in crisis. We're going to have difficulties, but uh, we want to make an eternal impact in the lives of those around us, and a renewed mind will help us to accomplish this. Amen. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 14, if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a ditch. He said this when his disciples had come to him and uh, they asked him, do you know that you offended those Pharisees, those religious leaders? And he was like, 
how come you don't follow the law? <laughs> he called them out. Jesus was so cool. He just, he's like a question for a question. And so he didn't, you know, go, oh, wait, huh? No, he was like, you know what? Y'all don't follow the law either. You don't do this, this, and this, and this. But he said something in verse 6. He said, you've set aside the word of God to follow the, trans, the traditions handed down by men. And in doing that, you deprive the word of God of force and authority, and it has no effect in your life. He told this to the religious people of the day. So they may go through the motions of going to church. This is how an unrenewed mind looks like. They go through the motions of, the, of going to church when it's convenient, praying when it's hard. You got it? Not daily. Praying when it's hard. Coming to church when it's convenient. Uh, you know, uh, living below the life God authored for them. And that's not us. Amen. Say, that's not me. I have a renewed mind. I have a calm, undisturbed, and fear-free mind. I renew my mind to the Word of God every day. Amen. So this is a word in season for us. It's a word in season. If we'll lay hold of it and do it, we'll step into places in God that we've not yet stepped into. I fully believe that. Uh, we said a sound mind is a calm and disciplined and undisturbed mind, and we see that in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control this is the kind of mind that God provided to you and I and as we renew our mind with God's word we protect that mind healing was provided for us when Jesus went to the cross healing was provided but how come people are getting sick then Christians sick well, because we have work to do on our end to receive and take that healing. Well, we've been given a fear-free mind, a calm and undisturbed mind. Disorders were not written in the plan of God. Mental disorders were not written in the plan of God for any of us. Yet many believers have them. Well, there's, that's no condemnation, no guilt, because we all have an enemy. And, and maybe we, we don't understand the way he works because it's very subtle sometimes. And we think if it's not big and, you know, very like, woohoo, I'm the devil, I'm here, here I am, you know, we miss it. You know, he's not going to do that. He comes, you know, kind of sneaky. And so we tolerate these things and we end up in that place. And so, you know, this is why we have to have the word of God to renew our mind to it. And, and allow uh, God to work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we have to take and protect our renewed mind. We have to take and protect it. Uh, we'll talk about usefulness uh, next week and we'll get into the scriptures. But in 2 uh, Peter, we're going to close with this. Uh, in 2 Peter, uh, I'll, I'll do verse 3, Ivan. Let's look at 2 Peter 1, verse 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Did you hear that? We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself 
by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And then verse 4 says, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Do you see this? Everything we need to live a godly life here on this earth has already been given to us. It doesn't say it will be given to us. It's already ours. And when I get into the word, I find out what that is, all of it. I find out what it is and how to walk in the flow of all of those things. I find out. And so we'll talk more about that. Um, everyone is valuable to God. Every one of us has value and is valuable to God. But not everyone has the same level of usefulness to God. Not everyone has the same level of usefulness to God. And the more I renew my mind to his word, the more useful I become to him. And I'll close with just a quick example uh, of it. Uh, Lester Sumrall, you can Google him. I think it's okay to Google him. There are some preachers you don't want to Google. It will take you down whoo, a path, especially, oh, the prosperity people, because they never sat and listened to a whole message by the person. But anyway, Lester Sumrall, you can Google him. He was very instrumental in the Lord in like the Philippines and in other countries where there was a lot of demonic activity. He was used in the gifts of the Spirit. So he was here uh, in country, and he was doing what God told him to do, had a wonderful ministry. He was out of, I think, South Bend, Indiana, I think it was. And so had a wonderful ministry, but the Lord told him and his family, after they got out of Bible school or whatever, move to the Philippines, or I believe it was the Philippines. And he's like, okay, but we're doing something here. No, move. So he moved with his family. And it wasn't long that he was there that there came something in the paper about an individual, this young lady who, and this was in the papers everywhere, about this young lady who was a, 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 a demon, had attached themselves to her. She was like stronger than 10 men. And she was plagued by demonic activity. The stuff that this young lady, I mean, she talked like a man. And so everybody knew her. They kind of, it was like the madman of Gadara that you read in the Bible, cutting himself and naked, running around. That was this person. So he had moved there. He had just gotten there. And the Lord uh, said, uh, he saw in the paper and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. No, that's not, that. let the churches. There were churches there, many churches there, good people who love the Lord who knew how to do this, you know, in terms of they know that you're supposed to deliver those who are possessed, that kind of thing. But uh, he said, let them handle it. And so the Lord spoke to him and said, no, I want you to go. And he said, no. He said, you've got plenty of people. I'm the new guy here. I'm the new guy here. I'm not going. And he said, no, I need you to go. And he said, but Lord, you have all these other people here. He said, I can't use them. They're not useful to me in this area. You are. He couldn't use them. He said, why? And Because he, he had developed the gifts of the Spirit in this area, and he had studied, and he had done, he had testimonies of this in his ministry, but the others hadn't. And so God could use him for that. We may be useful in one area and not in another. But we, it's not God who determines our usefulness. 
Do you understand? God determined our value. Jesus died for us. The cost for us was his blood. He laid down his life. He determines our value. We determine our usefulness with what we do with his word. How we renew our mind to it. And so we'll talk more about usefulness next week and how to answer the enemy because Jesus showed us how to do that. Because in the garden, remember, they didn't answer him correctly. When they were tempted, Adam and Eve, our friends that we talk about so often, our wonderful friends, watch me have a house right next to them in heaven. People are like, did they go to heaven? Yeah, they went to heaven. And so uh, them in the garden, when the enemy came and suggested, he only has the power of suggestion. So he suggested something to them that God said and said, this is why he said it. And they took it and went, huh, maybe that is what he meant. Adam, come on over here. (laughs) And so they partook. Well, Jesus came and undid everything. He corrected everything that Adam did. He was tempted. We're going to look at how he answered that. He was very specific. He didn't stand up and say, I'm the son of God, and you are not to tempt me, devil. He did, that's not an answer to a temptation. That's not an answer to a suggestion of the devil. We have to be specific, and we have to open our mouths and say something. I'm not just going to leave you with this message and go, just renew your mind to the word of God. Hallelujah. Renew your mind. Just open the Bible and read. No, I'll give you some specifics on how to answer, and we'll close this series next week. Amen. But we determine our usefulness to God. Ivan, can you put that last slide up? This is our action step, and I know I didn't give you a lot of scriptures this week with this, and there are more. We'll look at it next week. But this is something the Lord told me to add in here. Do you know you can measure your usefulness for God? And if you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, he'll show you how useful you are to him. I had to do this for myself. And in some areas, I'm like, woohoo, 10. In other areas, Marie, you're two because you haven't obeyed him. In other areas, I'm not on the scale yet. <laughs> and so ask the Holy Spirit on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being woohoo, extremely useful. How useful are you to God today? And then wherever you are on the scale, how can you increase? Your, if you're a 10, how can you make it an 11? Get off the scale, right? Go off, blow, blow that off, right? If you're a 5, you can increase to 6, and you can do it this week. Guess what? You're empowered to increase your usefulness today. You can increase your usefulness within the next 10 minutes to God by changing just a few things. It's just amazing. His power that's at work in us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to close this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Maria said, um, God have no power, but he have a plan. The devil, yeah. The, the devil. devil, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I said the wrong, <laughs> the wrong person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now God have all the power. <laughs> um, so the devil have uh, no power. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus already defeated him. Uh-huh. He take his power That's right. away from him. Yeah. But he have a plan for us. Mm-hmm. And when he bring the plan to us, we give him power. Mm-hmm. 
with the words mm -hmm. yeah. that we speak. That's right. That's right. When, because it is persistent. Mm -hmm. It's very good at it. Mm -hmm. But us, we're not consistent with That's the right. words of God in That's our right. mouth. That's right. So when we feel something, we hear something, yeah. and we repeat it. Yeah. Parrots. <laughs> we give him a power yeah. to claw the other person in the head. <laughs> or your own head. Uh -huh. So just remember, you have no power. Until I give him power. That's right. That's right. So I'm not determined in yeah, myself yeah, 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 to yeah. give him any power. Amen. Amen. Because I talk to myself. Yeah. Amen. I tell this self here, you line up with the word or Amen. else you're not going to talk. Amen. You're going to talk the word or shut Amen. up. Amen. Because God is all powerful. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want from God. And you decide you're going to put the word of God in your mouth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and renew your mind with the word. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you're going to last and last talk to you. Yeah, yeah. He's going to see he doesn't have opportunity. Right. Right now, he can flow in and out of our lives with no right. problem, unhindered. The door is wide open for some. Then some, the door is a little shut a little more. Then some, the door is completely shut. He's got no place, no place. And you can get to that place where he has no place. I shut him up the minute he comes to me. In this area. It's a you decision. Because I'm not at a bar drinking every night. I don't go to bars. I stop. He said, good thing. I, I stopped going to bars. But there was a time where that's all I did. I had a drink in my hand at 5 a.m. The devil knows he can't tempt me with that no more. If he comes at me with that, I hate alcohol at this very moment. Because I know what it does to individuals. But I, I loved alcohol. What happened? I renewed my mind to the word of God. And the devil has no, 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 no place in that. Not anymore. Not anymore. But he did. A lot of place. Door wide open. Wide open. Come on in. Without telling him that. But we control that. We control that. And so if you take something as simple as that, think of other areas in your life. Where else is the door open? It could be with wrong thinking about, I think they're talking about me. I think they're sitting there talking about me. I think they don't like me. I think that's, that's a door. That's a door that we remain and we leave open. And the devil will work that thought, work, he'll have you thinking every other way. Then if the person just doesn't say hi to you like they did last week, it's like, oh yeah, they are talking. And there's something here between you and the person and there's not even anything there. You made it up in your mind. That's happened to me. I just, I just get a word. There's somebody here. You were hurt long time ago. Hmm. I mean long time ago. Hmm. Years ago. Mm. And stopping you from youth from, from being useful, being useful <laughs> from God. Yeah, to yeah. Do things Hurts from. can do that. You have you have a gift. Mm. I don't know who is it, mm -hmm. but you have a gift in your heart mm. that God put in there for you to do it. Mm. But because of that hurt, mm. people say something, mm. and you keep that in your heart. 
all these years, and you miss so many blessings from God. Mm. But you say, oh, but I'm prosper. I'm healthy. No. There's another area of your life mm. that is a mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You never grow on that side of, the, mm. of your life. Mm. Why don't you forgive? Amen. Amen. Why don't you forgive? Amen. Jesus forgive you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did. Mm -hmm. You will hang on the cross. Mm. Bleed. Mm. Go to hell. Yeah. And pray for your filthy, filthy sins mm. and mine. Mm. And yet you hold this little thing that people say. Yeah. About you that you had you get hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hurt. Well, I sympathize with you. I get hurt a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. I've been called all kinds uh, of things. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But you know what? Don't care. Yeah, yeah. I really don't care. Let it go. I mm -hmm. don't care. My spiritual life is so important yeah, to me. Yeah, That those things don't bother Amen. me. Amen, amen. They amen. live in peace in their, in their house. Why yeah. can't I live in amen. peace in my house? Amen, So just forgive. Thank you, Lord. Forgive. Yeah. Don't, don't hold on. There's so much blessing that God wants to bless you with and your children and your grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. So forgive. Yeah. Forgive. Please forgive. Amen. Amen. That's good. Good word. Stand with me this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. God is so good. Amen. He's so faithful. We thank him for his word. I know we went a few minutes over. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but God, you, when God's talking, you don't want to interrupt him. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time together. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your spirit. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, all those hurts, we give them to you. Yes. We Lord. give them to you. You give, help us to show us how to give it once and for all to you. Because we're, we're struggling with that. Some are struggling with that. How do we give it to you? How do we turn around and Thank walk you, away from that and shut the door so there's no opportunity there? Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. We ask for your help. And we thank you in the name of Jesus that everything works for our good because we are in yes. Christ. We're thank called you, according to your thank purpose. You, and we live a blessed life. We live to be a blessing to others, you, and we thank you for it. We give you praise you, and honor and glory for every single person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for coming this morning. God bless you. Be blessed in all.